This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Now it's time for our Thibodeau Regional Health Systems Tiger Scout Notebook, brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at Thibodeau Regional Health Systems. want to thank Greg Stock and everybody there for making this happen each and every week. One of the most improved players I've seen from a year ago to today is Edgerton Cooper, their linebacker. He leads the team in tackles. Um, I think it's 76. He's got like 36 solo tackles, 30 assisted tackles. A really good guy to come off the edge if you need it. Also, uh, coming up with uh, inside blitzes. He does a really good job. Very active young man. Uh, He's gotten bigger, stronger, and I think that's been a big part of his success. And when you look at this football team, they lead the nation in tackles for losses with 94, and they're second in sacks with 40. But the Got it. This is a straw that turns to drink is Edgerton Cooper. Man, he is some kind of talent, that linebacker. Very, very good football player. He's a bad man. I'm going to tell you this. He's one of those guys that they recruited, that they were looking for to become what he is. And that's one of those things that I think that Texas A&M has been trying to focus on is those young guys and how do we bring them along. And he's one of those guys that's turned that corner. Um, in addition to his 75 total tackles, 36 um, solo 39 ass- assisted. He also has seven sacks. Yep. So that's something that we have to be aware of. And uh, they use him differently. Differently, right. Uh, sometimes he's coming from the A-gap, and sometimes they'll shoot him out from the edge. They move him around quite a bit. And, again, man, I, I don't know who's going to take over at A&M, but if Elijah Robinson is open mm-hmm. <laughs> as a coach, I want him on my team. That's right. Uh, man, he knows how to coach defensive line. Not, and, not and only they coaching. They're very, very good. Not only coaching, but he knows how to identify him coming out of high school and to get him there too as well, like assistant in the recruiting. And I think that's that's a key um, to recruiting is those position coaches understanding the guys who they need in their system and how they can bring them along. And Elijah Robinson is a really outstanding coach, and I think you're right about that. And um, the one thing that LSU is missing right now is a really strong defensive line coach who could potentially be a defensive coordinator as well. Yeah, when I look at Texas A&M, that front seven, it looks like every one of those cats that I've seen play, they can play at the next level. I mean, that's how good they are. And so – you know, they've got a, you know, Shamir Turner's a junior. Uh, Walter Nolan's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diggs is a junior. Uh, McKinley Jackson's a senior. Uh, so he's the only senior of yep. the bunch. But at linebacker, Cooper's a junior. Uh, 
Torin York's a freshman. Yep. So, man, you got some young talent on here that you've been able to recruit and develop. And it's a big part of why they put up those type numbers. When you have 94 tackles for losses and 40 quarterback sacks, and you're getting after people. The problem yeah. has been uh, you in a track meet every week uh, yeah. because of the fact the offense is turning over the football. Mm-hmm. They're not being able to score points. And other than, I would say, a really bad outing against Ole Miss, yeah, uh, where they gave up, what I think it was 38 points in that game, uh, they've really played pretty well on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, Torrey York is one of those guys also. He's got 60 total tackles, 31 solo, 29 assists, but he's got three sacks. So, you know, playing linebacker and getting in the backfield and causing havoc, creating sacks is pretty good as well. And then you got Shamar Turner, who's a defensive lineman, who's got, you know, he only has 32 total tackles, but he's got six sacks. And that's huge for Texas A&M. And these younger guys that Texas A&M are bringing in are highly skilled, highly athletic, and I think they have really great football IQ. And then these guys are hungry as well. I just think that um, their leadership, uh, you know, from the very top has been a little bit shaky. And so that's why, you know, you see Texas A&M where they are. But these guys are going to come in today looking to – you know, chomping at the bit to get to the, the, the number one ranked Heisman Trophy candidate because now they can feast on something that's you know, they haven't seen yet. And then they can also make a name for themselves when you play well against LSU's offense, who is top one, two, three in the country, and as a defensive uh, player, this that makes, that makes a, a lot of money for you moving forward. If you can shut down, slow down, do anything you can to, to keep Jaden Daniels in that high-flying offense for LSU – to a minimum. It, it'd be great for those Texas A&M defensive players. One of the things uh, they mostly play this four-two-five defense. Mm-hmm. They play the nickel. Yep. Now most teams, this you know, 82, 84%. A&M is actually right at 90% of the time yep. they have a nickel back on the field. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're going up against five defensive backs here and that that's basically been their base defense. No more this 4-3 stuff, no. you know, I mean, but that's just the way college football is, but they play more nickel than any other team that has faced LSU this season. Yeah, well, you got, you know, when you have 3 to 4 receiver sets on offense, you got to have, you know, some sort of a nickel back in there somewhere, and I think Texas A&M really relies on their skill position in the defensive backfield. Those guys are long, they're athletic, they're fast, and, and they play the ball really well as well. So, and a lot of these guys in the backfield or in the defensive backfield are young guys as well. So, it's one of those things where I think Texas A&M has relied on that so much. Sometimes it hurts them in in the run game, right? If it's a run offense that that can run the ball pretty well, it's kind of difficult to defend that with with a nickel back in the game 92% of the time. So, that 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 can actually hurt them, especially with Jaden Daniels' legs. Right, which everybody knows now that that's the X factor for his game. He can he can see the field, he can throw the ball down the field, he can make the dink and dunk passes, or he can throw the long pass. But one thing that no other quarterback in the country can do is run with the football in his hand like he does. No question about that. And their only senior is actually their nickelback. 
mm-hmm. and Josh DeBerry's all of 180 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, hey, listen, we ain't splitting the atom here. No. Uh, if you want to try to run the football, if they're going to play all that nickel on you, <laughs> I'm going to have that 180-pound guy try to tackle right. uh, people uh, coming off the line of scrimmage. One of the areas Jimbo always sort of featured at A&M, and he did it at Florida State, too, was the tight end position. He's got a couple really good ones here. Number 42, Max Wright, uh, who's a senior, 6'4", about 260 is what they list him at. I think he's a little heavier than Mm -hmm. that. And Jake Johnson, who was a commit to LSU because his brother Max Max. was Mm -hmm. there. And then when Max left, he left too. And uh, he's a tall drink of water, too. He's 6'6", 235 pounds. Uh, They like that size mismatch. I know I've heard Jimbo talk about it often about that's why he likes to get the tight ends involved so much in the uh, passing game because of the fact uh, as he'd always put it, there ain't no six foot four uh, cornerbacks out there <laughs> right. or safeties out there. Yeah. Uh, and so that's an area for LSU today to be matching up against a Max Wright and a Jake Johnson because of their length downfield. You know, it's it's when you can utilize the tight end um, on the offensive side of the football, the mismatches are always there. I, I just remember me having David LaFleur and Nicky Savoie both of which are six seven, six yeah. six guys. No cornerback or safety in the country could ever, you know, compete with those guys. And then these guys were actually two sixty five, two seventy, and, and and running pretty fast. So I, I see where Jimbo's thought process was was that when he has these 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 um, tight ends in the game, and you know when you can exploit that. One of the, the greatest coaches in the in the world of football, um, who utilized tight ends very very well, always was Bill Belichick. Yeah. And in that offense, you can sh- it really was almost featured around the tight end. And I think if you can do that in college football, that would be great. But I don't see many coaches trying to do that. They may have one or two tight ends. The only other coach is Kirby Smith, who I mean, it's Kirk, yeah, uh, Kirby, Kirby Smart. Smart. I'm sorry, Kirby Smart, who's utilizing, um, you, you know, his tight ends every season in a way that's just phenomenal. Now he has the. And Brock Bowers is probably the best tight end in the world that I've ever yeah, seen, to be honest with you. He's really good. Yeah, he's <laughs> really good. And so that, that gives an advantage. But if you can utilize the tight ends, the size, speed, hands, and, and their, their body, especially when you're, you know, in the red zone, when you can, you know, you can, you can, they can kind of block people out like basketball players, go up and get the ball. That's, that's, a, that's a phenomenal edge to have. Yeah, on the offensive side of the football, got to watch is uh, zero. And he is yeah. uh, Smith, uh, yep. who's uh, leading the team in receptions. He also returns punts and kicks for him. He plays in the slot. And so I think they're going to try to hook there uh, early and often, especially with some short passes to see. Because one of the things with Aeneas, he's got the ability to make the first man miss, and then he's out into the open field. Uh, he is a sure-handed guy, more quick than fast, and he's got the ability to run really good routes, and he's fearless going over the middle. He's not a big guy, but, man, he'll go over the middle and make that tough catch. And also, in the return game, uh, that LSU's going to have to be cognizant of him uh, as a punt-kick return guy. Yeah, Aeneas Smith, 5'10", 200 pounds, you know, 736 yards receiving. He's got two touchdowns on the season, but – you know, I don't think that's any fault of his. I think the guy is really quick. He gets in and out of his breaks super fast. And look, playing in that slot, um, we've seen in the past where, you know, where, where Luther Burden the third 
really kind of ate up LSU in sure the first did. half. So that's one of those things we got to really pay attention to. Now, whether the quarterback can get him the ball or not is going to be the question. Now, and, and, and when you talk, when you, when you start talking special teams, I, you know, with LSU, I just, you know, I, the, I don't know what to even talk about because we have no return game in the punts. All we ask the punt returner to do is just catch the ball. And then in the, the, the kickoff return, it's really, you know, most of the time, 90% of the time is getting kicked out of bounds. I'm sorry, beyond, you know, it's a, it's a touchback. And then the, the good thing about LSU's, you know, special teams is, is the field goals. <clears throat> and that's it. The field goal kicker can kick the ball really well and we're good to go. Now, flip side of that is can we stop Aeneas Smith from making any plays in the in the punt return game or kick return game? And One thing with key. Bramlett, he don't get a lot of practice during a game. No. <laughs> because LSU's offense is that good. But to show how good Aeneas Smith is, is that Moose Muhammad yep. is a backup because of him. Yep. Uh, he's not a starting receiver for him. Now, he may start today – because of Evan Stewart, Evan Stewart. Mm-hmm. but he's been the backup to Aninas, and man, uh, that to me, I, I've watched that guy play. Man, Moose can play, and he's a big receiver, and he he's is. got the length and the hands that you're looking for. But Smith came onto the scene, and then Moose, you know, he had to take a back seat uh, after Smith hit town at A and M. Yeah, you got Smith, Stewart, Walker, uh, Noah Thomas, and then you got Moose and Muhammad, who is is that fifth you know, leading yeah. receiver on the team. And it's like Moose is one of the better players they have. And he's only got 263 yards receiving with two touchdowns on the season. And it, it's 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 funny, but it's not because I think everything goes through the quarterback, right? And I think with them having that quarterback suspect, play has been erratic. That's right. They have suspect quarterback play, and that's why I think all the talent that they have on the outside is not really shining the way that it normally would. My thing is stop the run and make – Jalen Henderson. Yes, right. That's right. I mean, it sounds crazy because they really haven't done a lot of that. But no. uh, my thing is uh, try to get some pass rush. And this is a game where Harold Perkins could be a huge player in this game. Yeah, and and I think I think if LSU takes a, a playbook out of Texas A&M in the way that they use Cooper, right, maybe maybe get Harold to blitz up the middle in the A-gap, B-gap, C-gap, and – come off the edges or different things like that and line them up all over the place. In my opinion, you have nothing to lose. This kid, Harold Perkins, can do that. And I think if if LSU can kind of, like you say, stack the box a little bit, stop the run, play some defense behind it, man-to-man, and, and, and make Henderson beat you, which I don't think he can, but you just never know, right, at the end of the day. But um, I think that's the best game plan to have going into this game. That's a wrap on the Thibodeau Regional Health System's Tiger Scout Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at Thibodeau Regional Health Systems. We want to thank Greg Stock, everybody there at Thibodeau Regional for always being a great sponsor of youth sports and also college sports in our area. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.